Welcome to Bible Nerds, a Bible study podcast for people who want to know what the Bible says and learn how to study it on their own. In each episode, we are joined by friends ranging from expert scholars and theologians to novice Bible readers. Together, we dive into a passage to find out what it says about God, about people, and about obedience to gain a better understanding of our relationship with God. I'm Sam Davis, a missionary with Bridges International in San Diego, California. On this episode of Bible Nerds, we're joined by Amanda Mudio and Giancarlo Oviedo. Our study topic of Jesus' victory took us to Luke 24, verses 13 to 35, where we studied the story of Jesus appearing to his disciples. I'm really excited about today. I have a couple uh, one of them I've known for a while. So my first guest I've known for about a year and a half now. She also works for Crew. She's got an amazing testimony, a huge heart for the Lord, and she loves talking with people about Jesus. Uh, she's originally from North Carolina, a graduate of East Carolina University, and now she works for Crew in New York with Bridges International as well. Please welcome my good friend Amanda Mutio. Hey, Amanda. Hey. Thanks, Sam, for having us. We're excited. Yeah. yeah. And this is uh, Giancarlo, your boyfriend, right? Yes, Hello, guys. Boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and Giancarlo, you're originally from Peru, but you moved here when you were eight, uh, yeah, right? I was born in Peru, and then I came to the U.S. when I was eight. Yeah. Nice. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. And so you're a graduate, you're a graduate of Lehman College in NYC. Uh, you work for a nonprofit called Sunrise Association, serving kids with cancer, which is really great. And you're about to start a master's program to work with um, occupational therapy with kids. Yeah, so yeah, so I got accepted to a master's program last year, and that's my nice. focus. Um, but right now, with everything going on, it's just been on pause, um, and just you know, seeing what God wants me to focus in my se- in this season right now. So cool. Well, I'm really excited to study with you both today. We're in section seven, or sorry, section six, Jesus's victory, and it looks like we're going to be talking about Jesus appeared to his disciples, which is in Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. And we're going to be studying from the English Standard Version. Well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into this passage here. Do do either of you want to just read that all the way through? I can read it. Cool. Okay, Luke 24. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that he had, that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all of the prophets 
that all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. And he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight, and they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Nice. Thank you, Binder. All right. So let's define some confusing words. So what are some words in here that you might think maybe um, international students might have difficulty understanding? Mm. Well, I think the places, like I couldn't say Emias at first and Cleopas. Yeah. Places and names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder how important it is to know about Emmaus. Yeah. I mean, it does give us a little context. It tells us that it's seven miles from Jerusalem. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was it for me. What about the word tomb in 24? Tomb. I mean, that's that's not a big word, but it, it might be a word that people might yeah. not know. They might not understand it, yeah. Probably say it's just, just, just like a uh, grave. Like yeah. a, cave, a cave grave. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, maybe like the word blessed, like that might not be something that an international student would know. Like if especially mm. they grew up in a religious home, verse 30, mm-hmm. when he blessed and broke the bread. Yeah. So how would you explain that? Mm. Blessed? Yeah. How would you explain blessed? Well, I know blessed. <laughs> Put me at the spot. <laughs> I know like in the Beatitudes it says, blessed is the poor in spirit, for he, he will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Or like blessed, when it says blessed is blessed. I know from my understanding of like the man is or the woman is like is is happy or mm. is in a state of like righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like made holy or consecrated. Yeah. So here when when Jesus is blessing us like unto God and is bringing consecration unto him. Mm. That's really good. I, and I know it's the term blessing a way a lot of people use it it's sort of like you're getting a gift in a way yeah know? that's true yeah like my cajon is a blessing and there's like a famous yeah. song from elevation church about the blessing oh really i'll have to hear you guys sing that later yeah maybe like what about this in verse 32 did our heart did not our hearts burn within us that's a strange thing to say right i love that yeah actually i was gonna comment on that how like it's it's like when you have that conviction of of the Holy Spirit, just mm-hmm. when it's like wow, like that's the right thing. Like like it's like so. I'm sure like when he was talking to them on the road, it's like wow, like the, the the words that he's speaking, it's like piercing my heart. Like there's something about those words that is like mm-hmm. the sense of power behind it. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's like I felt passionately about that. Yeah, yeah. He was showing them like like all the all the scriptures spoke about me. Like, why mm-hmm. can't you believe that I am 
you know, I was resurrected and everything pointed to me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, just him pointing to what had already been told and now being, now that the proof being right in front of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Yeah, and he's, and he's talking about the, the Old Testament, uh, yeah. what, what we call the Old Testament. What, at the time, it was just the scriptures. It was to them that was like the Bible. Because obviously the New Testament hadn't been written yet. <laughs> yeah, Paul wasn't around yet. I think another word to define for like international students here is the word condemned. Like a lot of them probably wouldn't. Ooh. It's a, in verse 20. Um, yeah. Deliberately not to be condemned, which is basically mm -hmm. sentenced to like a particular punishment. Yeah. And in this case, death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh, and crucified. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Which is, that was him being put up on the cross to die but his, his arm stretched out and he was lifted up it was a terrible way to die yeah right yeah. painful okay well you know I think that's pretty good and I'm sure we'll come across other things that seem weird later and that's fine we'll, we'll, we can drop them later but let's for now let's um, just think about how we would retell this passage in your in our own words yeah, I would say the disciples were walking on a road. They were discussing Jesus' death. Jesus goes up to them. They didn't recognize him. And basically, they explained to Jesus what happened. And, you know, as they're explaining it, Jesus explains to them about himself. And then they go have dinner with him. And then they realize the truth. And then they go tell the truth to the rest of the disciples. Yeah. Did uh, Giancarlo, do you think she missed anything? Is there any details that we should make sure... Keep in. Um, I was just thinking of, you know, like it's a small town, and then Jesus comes, and like, and the disciples are like, "Well, you didn't hear what happened." Like, and then Jesus, you know, he's slowly, he's so patient with the disciples because they're so slow. They're like, oh, you like didn't, and then he just tells them. I mean, he, I guess he went a little wrong. He's like, "Oh, you foolish ones," um, and then he just tells them, "Listen, like, through Moses all the way to the prophets, the scriptures were talking about this. I am He," and then he just explains it to them so jesus was very patient with them <laughs> yeah did you say he went a little raw yeah he just went <laughs> sassy into the <laughs> little... yeah jesus can be sassy for sure yeah <laughs> <ratchet, so. laughs> but yeah it just reminds me of just us at times how you know it's the, the answer is so obvious there mm. uh and jesus is still patient with us like hey like you know i told you this is gonna happen so, yeah uh, I think you, you guys are both right. That was a great general and then like filling in some details part of it. I can't really think of anything else that I would add to it. That's a great retelling. Thank you. Now let's talk about my favorite part. I love this. And this is what we talked about earlier. We're going to find out what this passage says about God, people, and obedience. So let's just start with God. What, is, what does this passage tell us about God or, or Jesus? For me, for God, it's like he fulfills his promises, like all throughout the mm. Bible from Genesis to, to Malachi. Like it shows how there were some certain promises that, that was pointing to Christ and what was the purpose of him coming to earth and that he was supposed to be raised from the dead. And he, Jesus was obedient to all those prophecies and and the disciples even didn't even realize it <laughs> later on yeah. so he was like dude like i am <laughs> so. <laughs> are you talking about verse 27 where it says like uh, yeah. jesus is talking about moses and the prophets and interpreting them how they're actually concerning himself yep 
And that's when he begins. And so he said he has to show them, like, hey, I thought you read it. Yeah. yeah. And he's like a promise-keeping God. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. So that God is near because in verse 15, it says, while they were talking and discussing it together, Jesus himself drew near and went to them. And it, it just reminds me of like how God is a pursuing God. Like he doesn't mm. give up on us and he goes out of his way to redeem his people. And so, in, I mean, this is like a metaphor for that because obviously like he's going up to them to, to explain it, but I think it really shows God's love for his children. That he's not like a far off God. He's very close to us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really great. And the fact that he, he didn't even reveal himself to them and just was with, just wanted to be with them and speak with them. And yeah. So true. Yeah. And his patience, like what you were saying earlier, um, John mm-hmm. Carl, like, God is so patient with us and he could have from the very beginning said, I'm right here. Like, believe in me. This is mm-hmm. what I do. But he really let them share their thoughts and he, he just listened. And you see that over and over again in the New Testament, like the woman at the well, Nicodemus, you see Jesus going to people, having a discussion with them and like letting things just unravel for themselves. And it, I think in that you see his compassion, you see his patience. Mm. You see his love. Yeah, you're right. Because certainly uh, there's so many different parts of the Bible where it talks about how God knows our hearts. Jesus knows their hearts. So clearly he already knew the doubt that they had and the confusion. And you're right. Like he could have just been like, uh, hey, guys, I know uh, I know what you're thinking. And it's me. I'm here. <laughs> you know? But yeah, you're right. He let him. He let him talk it out. That is really patient. Yeah. So true. I think it also says about him that Maybe maybe that was like a teaching thing too, you know. He wanted to show them something, for them to learn something. And I think he does that for us even today. Yeah. And that God is a generous God. Like verse 30, you know, he, he's giving them the bread and he's blessing it. But just mm. God's generosity in giving his only son, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. He blesses even little things like bread. Mm-hmm. And this thing about in verse 32, they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Uh, while well, he opened to us the scriptures. I, feel, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what that says about God. I know it says something about God. And maybe it's just that he puts something in us to interact with the scripture in a certain way. Like when yeah. we hear truth, we, like, we feel it, we know it. Yeah, like for me, the first time I became a believer, like the word of God was just burning my heart. Like I'm like, whoa, like, I can't get away from that truth. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just true that pierces your heart, pierces your conscience, yeah. that you just recognize that that is the truth. So when Jesus was talking to them, it was burning their, their conscience. I was like, wow, like, mm-hmm. I can't win in this I argument. It like, yeah. it's, it's like fire. Yeah, and I, it says in Hebrews that he's an all-consuming fire. So that's what it shows, mm-hmm. that he is powerful and all-consuming. All consuming. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. In verse thirty five it says, Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them. So that's something we can know that we can know about God is that we can know him. Mm. Oh, right. that's a personal. Good. I never mm. about that. Yeah, I think um I don't know which verse it says, but it says eternal life is to know the like to know God. Mm. Um, and it's all about, you know, he always wanted a relationship with us, like since the Garden of Eve, like with Adam and Eve, all he wanted was a relationship with us and our hearts. So 
Yeah, I was just listening to, there's a book by Wayne Grudem. I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's a systematic theology. And he talks, he had this really cool point where he talks about the knowability of God, sort of like versus the unknowability of God. And and the, the point isn't like when, you know, when we say we can't fully know God, it doesn't mean that we're separated from him. It just means that he's so infinite that even in heaven for eternity, we will never run out of things to know about God, to learn about God, to experience about God. And that's actually an encouragement. I think that's so cool. It's crazy to think that we're going to have an eternity to know him. And I feel like, yeah, it's so mind blowing because it's like just the richness of his character and how much beauty there is still to discover. Mm. It's amazing. That's something to look forward to for sure. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing uh, that I wanted to say about God here is that, uh, so these guys were going to Emmaus, right? And then they were, they sat down and they were breaking bread with this guy they had met who turned out to be Jesus. And I feel like they just got there. Right. And then they said to me, oh, and they, they even said uh, they drew near to the village and he was going to go further. And they said, stay with us for it's evening. So they're like, it's late. But then when they found out who Jesus was, he broke bread and remember it's late. And they're like, we're tired. We just got here. We're going to rest. We're going to stay the night. Um, and then he vanished when they realized who Jesus was in verse 32, they said, didn't our hearts burn? And then verse 33, they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. Oh, I never noticed that. I didn't either until just now. I, I think that says, what that says about God? It's, he's exciting. He's, he's something to be excited about. Worthy, like of their time, of their Worthy. energy. That's so good. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have any last thoughts for now about God? No. Cool. I just say he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, hey, if you uh, come across any other thoughts about God from this passage later, feel free to drop them. Uh, I mean, bring them up. But for now, let's move on to, so what does this passage say about people? I think that we can sometimes be unaware of God's presence in our lives, or we can be unaware of the blessings that are right in front of us. I think as human beings living in a broken world, we get distracted easily. And I, I mean, he was with them you know, and they had no idea. They like literally were blinded from the truth. And so before we were believers, that was us. Like we were blinded from the truth. But even as believers, I think we miss moments where God is like, Hey, I'm speaking to you. Do you not hear mm-hmm. me? Oh man, that's so true. That's so true. And I, I, you're, you're, you're so right. And I love how this story illustrates that it, it wasn't just like a thing that happened that God did. That wasn't like a gust of wind that made something happen or whatever. He literally walked with them for miles talking with them and they didn't even know. Uh, Yeah, you're so right. And honestly, I feel encouraged by that because Mm. Jesus here, where where is it? It says that he he hid himself from them. Mm. Verse 16, their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So maybe, you know, maybe it's not a terrible thing. Maybe it doesn't mean that we have little faith or something when we don't recognize him in these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And another thing that I noticed was um, in verse 25 that says how they're slow in the heart to believe. And I think the disciples, you know, they literally, you know, walked with him before um, when he was alive. And now that he resurrected, they still didn't believe that he, that was him. And it just shows how sometimes us humans can be 
you know, we could believe one day and then the next day we can't believe, but then God is still faithful saying, look, I'm here. Like I'm right in front of you and I'll be there yeah. to believe. And, and that's just amazing to me. Mm. Yeah. I also feel yeah. like it says that we need God to open up our eyes to see the truth. Like he's the one that mm. ultimately softens our heart and reveals himself to us. Um, verse 31 says, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So it also shows that like, as people we're in darkness, we're spiritually dead before we know Christ and we can't see we're, we're in a sense, like blinded from what is true. Mm. Why did he vanish from their sight? He revealed himself to them and then he vanished because his ultimate, well, this is my opinion. His ultimate goal was for them to see the truth and it's like there's no need for him there anymore because they know the Mm. truth and so in a sense it's like okay mission accomplished that's why that's the whole purpose of this journey with them was so that they can see and that their eyes can be opened wow and that makes sense i I really like that explanation and and then i think it it really connects back with that verse 32 it says that our hearts not burn within us so now it's like they're reflecting wow like those words that he said is burning inside of me. Like it's causing something in me to, to move, to think about. So I feel like even in relationships, when somebody leaves, you get that reflective mm-hmm. moment that, okay, that person, with well, the things that they said, they were right or, or were not wrong. So it's, yeah. Well, it yeah. shows people are reflective after something, like after you lose something or after something is not in your, in your I guess, presence anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when someone passes away, you know, they, they reflect, wow, like, I should have said I love you to them or I should have been done this more and stuff. Like, I feel like it's more, you show more appreciation. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just the fact, just knowing, you know, uh, what does this passage say about people, just knowing that, that our hearts can burn, can be, you know, um, emboldened or God can put passion on our hearts. Man, that's, I think that's exciting to know about us. You know, yeah. no, I was just gonna say, like, it shows that once we encounter God, like, you know, the verse when they are saying, okay, we want to, we want to be with him or towards the end, I don't know the exact verse, but basically, they were like sad that he was gone, and they were willing to, to stay up for more hours. And it just shows like what happens when we know mm-hmm. God, like, we're like, wow, like, my life is not my own, like people who have encountered the presence of God are changed and transformed. So it shows that as people, God transforms us and changes our desires and our wants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Because they must have been tired. They must have been. Yeah, that's a lot of walking. And they got, they're like, let's go. New, new passion. New yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah. And I think like even, I don't know if I'm just thinking too much into it, but it, it could have said that now our like minds burn within us like like the heart is like the core of everything like mm. god always spoke about the heart like That's so it's okay the intention of the heart but in this moment it's like it's not about like intellectually thinking but it's like deep inside the soul of that disciple like wow my feelings my emotions my innermost being like is burning inside of me and that's okay. i think that's, that's what jesus does he always leaves a print in the heart and then we have to choose. You know that, yeah, that's a really good point. I, I, yeah, I love that you said that. And it makes me think about earlier when we we're talking about how Jesus obviously knew knew their hearts and their doubts. 
you know, in fears about, because they said we had hoped he, he was the one, you know, which doesn't that say that they are at least okay with thinking that he wasn't the Christ, you know, was contemplating that. And that was, that was where their heart was. Their hearts were, that was where their hearts were. But now Jesus opening the scriptures to them and, and sort of proving to them, Hey, you know, maybe that Jesus guy was who he says he was, you know? And then they're like, Oh, you're Jesus. And then they're like, Oh, my heart is on fire. <laughs> like they, it's great. Cause I think that's cool. That, and that, that what that says about us is that like these people follow Jesus, right? They were fervent believers and even they sort of fell away in, in faith a little bit, but that doesn't mean that that ever has to be permanent. You know, uh, Jesus never gives up on us and um, he'll walk with us to embolden our hearts again. Man, true. Uh, one more thing it says about people is um, in the beginning, the fact that they're walking together. I feel like that shows that like we need each other. Like God made us to be in community Ooh. and they weren't alone. They weren't walking, you know, by themselves. They were discussing it. And so I think there's power in, you know, when, when the Bible says, when there are two or more gathered in my name, I'm there. Mm -hmm. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I feel like when you ask somebody else to just vent and just talk about, especially meaningful stuff, you really get to see another perspective. And, and then especially when the name of Christ is, is lifted up, it's like literally the spirit of Christ is within that. And, and just truth is displayed in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And to go with that, it also tells us a little bit more about God too. He wasn't offended that they said, we thought he was the one. He wasn't offended by that. He was like, he just listened. And then he loved them by explaining to them. So I think that's so great. That tells us a little bit about God. And it also tells us about us that, that like you guys said, we can have those doubts and we can express those to people that we, uh, that we know and walk with or to God himself. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've read the passage. We've told it in our own words. Uh, we've defined some confusing words. We know what the passage, we've said uh, a little bit about what the passage says about God, about people. So let's see what does obedience look like from this passage. So um, just to go off of what we were just saying, as an example, I think this shows us that um, obedience can look like expressing doubt. We can bring um, our doubts and fears to God. Mm -hmm. I think obedience also looks like recognizing the moments when God is speaking. And so like just asking God mm. to open our eyes to see those times in our lives, which is like he's always speaking. But I guess more specifically, like, especially during a time of like a pandemic, like asking ourselves, like, God, where are you in this? Like, what are you doing in the midst of trouble? Like they, these disciples, they were troubled by this. They were doubting and they were like, what the heck? I thought he was the Messiah. Um, but it, you know, it makes me think, you know, now there's moments I can ask myself, like, God, where are you in the midst of this? Mm. And I think also in, in this passage, in obedience, other people are involved in it. Like it says, um, and they said to one another, because I know sometimes as people, we want to do everything in our own and I can mm -hmm. do everything. But sometimes God wants us to be obedient with the help of others. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it just goes back to what Amanda was saying about how we need each other. Like we, we can't be an island. We have to be 
like a team. Yeah. So that created us for community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I love soccer and I know I can't be messy all the time. I need the goalkeeper. I need the defender to make that mm-hmm. goal. So same as this, like the disciples, they needed each other to make that goal. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I think it also shows us that obedience is being desperate for God because in verse 29 it says but they urged him strongly saying stay with Mm. us like i just think like what if they wouldn't have said what if they would have just been like okay peace bye goodbye like he wouldn't have had that moment of like breaking the uh, bread and like opening their eyes but they were desperate for him and they urged him and so obedience looks like crying out to god and just being in desperation for him yeah and that's interesting because at that point they um jesus hadn't revealed himself to them and they, they still urged him. But then we get a little hint as to why. And it says, you know, our hearts were burning within us. So on that note, Amanda, how, how can we, how do we know when is the right time to do that? Like how, uh, if there is God telling us something, but, you know, it's hidden from us or something. Like the metaphor that we're talking about from before. How do we know if it's God that we're urging strongly or not? Yeah, I was actually talking to my sister about this yesterday on the phone. We were talking about those moments when you feel like the Holy spirit is putting something on your heart and like, it's, you have a choice whether or not you're going to walk in obedience. And I think it takes humility. Like sometimes you don't know, but that's where faith comes Mm. in. You have to step out in faith and you have to trust God and you have to just go for it. Like if God is saying, go and share the gospel with that person and you feel that, you know, that urge in your heart or you feel that nudge, kind of like, oh, I think I have to do that. I have to pray for that person. It's a win-win situation. You're not going to lose anything. And so I think just having a posture of humility and letting obedience flow from that place of humility allows us to really, you know, live for God. And I think there's the times when I'm crying out to God for desperation and I'm crying out to him. I don't think there's not really something inside me that's like, is this what I should be doing? Or is this not what I should be doing? I'm. It's almost like, it just happens because it's like your heart is saying, yes, like pray right now. I don't know how to explain it, but basically it's natural instinct because we have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. Yeah. I think like the more we humble ourselves, it's like the more of I and then the more of him and as his spirit um, like overflows in us, is that he's the one who's leading us to do what's right and to do his mm-hmm. will. And that's where obedience, you know, comes from. And at the end, we're like, wow, if I only had listened to God, and then we're like, he's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with both of you. You, um, Amanda, you're saying humility. Uh, Giancarlo, you're you're echoing that as well. And then you you mentioned the spirit, you know, um, prayer, seeking, asking the spirit to to lead us. And I think the the third thing is um, knowing God's voice, which is part of scripture the more the more we know uh, of scripture the more we know god's voice and the more we know what's true and it's just it's the same like if you if you have like a favorite author and you read you uh, you read that author a lot you hear you hear um people like people who love literature will say well that's a very that that, that's that's like a that's like a poe voice or that's a dickinson voice you know, it's just, yeah, it's the same thing with God. When we read, when we, the more you read the word, the more you, you hear and you can, you know, oh, that's, um, that's a God thing, I think. Yeah, that's true. It's like a filter. Yeah. 
Man, it'd be great to have uh, to have a God filter that be on our lives. <laughs> um, there's a verse in Psalm that says, "The word of the Lord is a lamp." Yes, His word is a lamp into my feet, light into my path. Yeah, so there's a light when we can't see. It's like, whoa, I can see when I read the word of God. Um, I know when I needed answers for my prayers, I'm like, all right, God, can you just please speak to me audibly? And I'm like, okay, he doesn't. So God, <laughs> just speak to me. Literally, as I more dig in the word, he literally speaks to me. And it's just beautiful because I just see how the word of God is alive and how it wants to um, speak to us through it. So, mm-hmm. Which is, I'm so glad that you're doing this, Sam, because I feel like through this time, like God has spoken to all three of us in different ways. And that's been mm. really cool to see how he yeah. is speaking. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've gotten that like every single time I've done one of these, man, it's, it's been great. I've been learning more about each passage and it's passages that you've read like a hundred times. And then you're like, I never noticed that before. Yeah. It's like the verse 32, like our hearts are burning within us. Yeah. It's a postmodern time right now. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting lit up. I don't think I've, I've, don't remember ever reading this passage before until today so it's been a really it's been a blessing and my my mind's really blown right now all right cool so yeah we've learned a lot about god about people from this passage and about obedience uh any last thoughts about obedience before we move on i think i'm good set out my thoughts yeah me too cool All right, so now we're in section four, which is called Obey. So this is the part where we ask, in light of this passage, how will my week be different? And we can make an I will statement. Mm. This could be something like, I will pray this. Or while I'm uh, reading God's word, I'll think this. You know, like it, just some, some sort of practical thing that you can do this week that helps you mm-hmm. keep this with you. Yeah. I have two things. So one of them is I will take, I'm going to start off small because I'm really bad with this, but take (laughs) five minutes a day to be still before the Lord so that I can recognize when he's, you know, what he's saying to me and what he wants to speak to me um, each day. And so Mm -hmm. five minutes every day. And then the second one is I will just worship i want to worship god more in spirit and truth and just be desperate for him so based off of verse 29 even though they had no idea yet they still they that urgency in them to stay with him i think i want that that heart and so i think just taking baby steps and being like okay god i'm just gonna cry out to you and sing you this worship song I actually sang this the other day it was the i i need you worship song it's i'll send it to you after but it's really good it's by matt mueller or something like that those are my two that's really good i think like like in one of the services that we had out in church they they went over how god is good and that word how god is good always was like always for me like played out so it was like oh he's good but then when they broke it down like wow god is good like mm. it burned so like in terms of this is like there's certain scriptures that i don't want to be desensitized to and just be still like wow this is the word of God. This is the holy word of God. And I just want to meditate on, on this verse or this verse. And in that, I know he could purify any impurities in me, anything that wants to come out of me. Um, and just, you know, let that burn inside my heart. So I definitely want to just pick up some verses that I mm. think I know and I don't have to read all the time and just let it sink in. Mm, that's good. Like meditating on specific verses. Yeah spend some time as one of my professors used to say chewing on it 
you just like chew on it for a really long time. It was like the other day we were saying we're gonna camp in this bird and and John Carlo because we were doing sermons like sermon offs I guess I don't know how to explain it but he was like I'm not gonna camp in this I'm gonna live in this (laughs) I'm gonna move here I'm gonna move here yeah. Yeah, you know, that uh, one of the first times that that ever happened to me was the passage Jesus wept. I used to use that as a joke, you know, because it's the shortest passage. And, you know, what's your favorite passage? Jesus wept, you know, because I was a kid and I just wanted to be stupid. And then, like, I studied it and I literally wept while I studied it. And I was like, because when it hit, when that verse hit, Jesus wept, it just hits you because you realize why he wept and you're like, I will never make fun of this verse again, you know? Yeah, it does that. My heart was burning. Yeah, wow. So what's your I will statement? Good question. I really like your meditation one. I really like yours too, Giancarlo. I think mine, I think for me, I want to really take on this thing that the disciples did, and I know that they did it sort of by accident, but to bring difficulties to God. when I When I have doubts or if I'm, if I'm frustrated, like, oh, I thought it was supposed to be this way, Jesus, you know, just take those things to God because he's bigger than it and he can take it. And he's patient. Like you said earlier, Amanda, Jesus was so patient with these guys. Uh, and he just let them talk. And I want to do that. I just want to, I want to not feel like I'm bothering God or, or that um, I'm offending him, but just say, Hey God, I've got some frustrations and here they are. And then just wait on his word, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. So, I'll, oh, pra- practical. Okay, so I'll say this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one, like, as part of one day of prayer, like a five-minute block, it'll be a prayer of lamentation. I'm just going to lament for, like, five minutes. Just mm. lay it on the line. We'll say Sam wept. <laughs> Sam wept. <laughs> Sam oh, That's good. This is awesome. This has been so encouraging. I'm really going to try to do these I will statements because I think if we do all these things, like what you're saying, what John Carl's saying, what I'm saying, there will be fruit from that. And I think the fruit mm. is information. We will be changed by the word of God and by obedience. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, oh, and I do want to challenge you to share this. And I know we're all in quarantine, but you know we have technology. So I want to also challenge you to share this with, with one other person. And you can't choose the same person. So you guys got to choose separate people. Share this with one person and uh, encourage them as well. Cool. Uh, Any last thoughts before we wrap it up? For me, I just have to say that this book saved my life. And it's not an ordinary book. It's God's holy word. And I know when one genuinely opens it and we're like, okay, if this is really the word of God, he will speak to me. And if one really comes with that humble heart, they will see that God is real and his word is real and he will speak. Amen to that, man. I'm just grateful for the Holy Spirit in us because I know that without the Holy Spirit, it would be really hard to get the things that we're getting from this passage and just different passages we read in general. And so it makes me really, really grateful that we have his spirit within us. Oh, yeah. That's, That's so encouraging. Well, if you, if you want to learn more about uh, Sunrise Association or what Giancarlo does, um, I'm sure you can, can you Google it, Sunrise Association? Yeah, you can Google that. If you want to learn more about Amanda Muccio and her ministry with Bridges International NYC, or sorry, NYU, you can go to, where can they go? Um, I don't really have a, <laughs> <laughs> they can just, they can learn about Bridges 
Um, I don't know. Go to Sam's website. Sam, I do the same thing as Sam. So your website's amazing, by the way. I need to do that. Thank you. You can go to samonmission.com or you can go to bridgesinternational.com or crew.org. And if you would like to support Amanda Mutio and become a financial partner, you can go to give.crew.org and type in Amanda Mutio. That's M-U-T-I-O. Yes. Thank you, Sam. You're actually one of my supporters. And I'm a proud supporter of Amanda Mutio. She's doing great work. All right, let me pray. Uh, and I'll just pray and just um, wrap it up. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together with Amanda and Giancarlo. We praise you for the word that you've given us. Uh, we thank you for the way that you came uh, and you gave us salvation. And even though sometimes we don't understand uh, your word uh, so clearly, and we, we may not even uh, see you when you're, when you're acting, uh, you still love us, you're patient with us, and uh, you give us good gifts and you want us to know you more. Uh, and we just thank you so much for that. Please help us to uh, seek you to not be afraid to um, to lean on you, and um, we just pray that you would, you would continue to uh, to give us your good word and to reveal yourself to us. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This has been awesome. Thank, thank you. you this has been so good. We're really grateful, and we're excited to watch the rest of your episodes. Yeah, thanks. We like to think of a nerd as someone who wants to know as much as they can about a subject or topic. Our goal at Bible Nerds is to show you that anyone can be a Bible nerd. We want to know what does your obedience look like? What is your I will statement? Let us know in the comments below. If you have a prayer request or any questions, email us at wearebiblenerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.